Hey, Inspired Person, it's Dr. Keisha here with a bonus episode of the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman podcast. So back in May, when I released the podcast, I interviewed my friend Vanessa for episode two of the podcast, and it was a really great episode. So if you haven't checked that out, please check that out. But right after we released the episode, Vanessa and I did an Instagram live. And the conversation was so great, I couldn't just keep it on Instagram and to myself, so I decided to share it with you. Um, One thing that we talk about um, is mental health, because it was Mental Health Awareness Month then, and we sort of referenced this video that I have on YouTube where a bunch of us had a conversation last year about mental health, so check that out if you get a chance. And we also talked about when women produce content, sometimes men don't feel like they can get something out of it, but... I know that there's some men actually listening now, so shout out to you and thank you for joining us. But share this with other men in your lives. I think we all, as Vanessa said, can use some inspiration right now. What's really inspiring about Vanessa and what's really pushing me to do this bonus episode for you this week is that Vanessa has actually completed her book. I read it ahead of time. We talk about that in the Instagram Live, and she has launched it. It is available everywhere that books are sold. So this live is going to sound or this episode is going to sound a little bit different because it was Instagram live. I usually have music going in the background. I usually stop to shout folks out and there starts and stops and our lightning round. Um, actually, there's a special guest on our lightning round. So stay listening. Thank you, everyone, for coming on. Vanessa's here. She's going to be our special guest today. Hi, Camille. How's everyone doing? How are you, friend? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm good. Been working hard. Yeah? Yeah. Working hard on what? On everything? Everything. All the things. All the things. Listen. All the things. That's um, what I feel like, too. Yeah. But yesterday I took a little break and I didn't really do much of anything because I had a break. I'm taking these online classes mm-hmm. um, and I had a break and well, I got stuff done on Monday for the one because then I think tomorrow they're going to give me more stuff to do. And the other one ended. Another one started today. Okay. It's a lot. So what are you, what kind of classes are you doing? So I'm doing, and Camille's here, um, my friend Camille, we're doing this class, these classes together. Somehow I came across an entrepreneurship certificate. It's a Mm -hmm. program with Bank of America and Cornell. Okay. And it's free. (laughs) I love free things. And so Camille and I signed up months ago. I really didn't know how I was going to get it done because I had other places to be. (laughs) Um, but then now we have all the time. So we, we're starting our third class today. It's six classes, and we're starting the third one today. Wow. You know, Bank of America is one of the largest supporters of the Tory Burch Foundation. Yeah. And, yeah. And they have, um, if any of your um, followers or listeners are small business owners that are women, they have a great fellowship program. They do. Uh, Yeah, I went to there a couple of years ago. I was invited to go to their Embrace Ambition uh, seminar. Mm -hmm. That was really interesting. So, yeah. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Alika. Hi, everyone that's joining. Hi, Kelly. 
I'm going to be talking with Vanessa about episode two of the podcast. So right now we're just kind of talking about some of the classes that I've been taking during this time. So it's been really great ha- um, having Camille take the classes at the same time as me because sometimes I kind of get stuck or, you know, just like accountability too. Like, it's always good to have, it's always good to have a partner. <laughs> yeah. So I love, she, she was my partner in crime. We used to go to prayer meeting together a couple of years ago. Um, and so that was always, that was a good way, I think, for both of us to be consistent in going. Um, and then with some of this business stuff, she, she's been doing, um, yeah, this last project was really hard, Blooms by Cami. So she's been doing like floral arrangements for events and weddings and things like that. Cool. Uh, this last project was very hard. We, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Actually, um, Camila helped me with my final project because I was like, I don't understand the language of spread. I understand spreadsheets, but like, I don't even remember the terms. It, it was just a lot. So I got help on this last one. And well, then I, I'm super proud of you for doing this. Thank you. Um, and then because you're supposed to be certified to teach online, mm-hmm. <laughs> but because of what happened, everybody just kind of had to do it. So now the university I work for, they're trying to figure out how to get everyone certified. Mm. Um, and so there were two processes where you could have them evaluate your work or you could do a class. And I opted to do the class. Okay. Um, and so that's been interesting too. Lenise is here. Hey, I know Lenise is here. Kelly's here. A lot of people are here. So listen, um, I'm here with my friend Vanessa Joy Walker. Um, if you've been to Hashtag Goals Brunch, you know I'm a big fan of her. She's been there. So I'm going to talk to her a little bit about what it was like being on the podcast, a little bit about her book. She sent me some stuff today, guys. This book is getting closer and closer to being out. And we're going to talk about mental health awareness because I have a bonus for you guys over on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, um, you really want to go watch and listen to that. So a lot of things to talk about. So if you have questions for me about literally anything or if you have questions for Vanessa, please send them. So this was you've been on other podcasts before. I have. Yeah, I've been on a few. Yeah. Yeah. So this wasn't new for you. This was... You're a pro at this. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a pro, but I, my husband would say I'm a pro at talking. So um, I, I always say that communicating is my coping skill. Um, and oversharing is, you know, one of my coping skills as well. So, um, but this was the first time I have done a podcast with someone who knows me so well. Okay. Um, yeah. And it was also the first time. It was interesting because you've read the, you had read the book already, which was mm-hmm. really interesting uh, to do it with you because you really had a greater perspective yeah. on what the book is about. I know Alika listen, um, um, listened to the podcast. Actually, I, send, I usually send it to her for quality control before I put it out. Um, and she was like... I really want to read this book. And then my brother just, that's Trimbago Brewer, he just gave a thumbs up. Um, I'm going to say he is not our typical demographic, (laughs) but he was like, he enjoyed it. It was inspiring. It was all the things. Um, I say that to say that people really should listen to the podcast not just because I want you to but because you really can get something out of it even if you feel like it's not for you 
I know a lot yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say like, I find it always interesting when women do podcasts with other women and you are having a conversation. It is so often, um, assumed that it's only applicable to women. Um, yet when a man does a podcast with another man, it's totally normal to think that a woman would get something out of it. Yeah. I mean, and so what I would say is that most of the men in my life have also experienced failure and disappointment and uncertainty and crisis and, Everyone needs hope. Everyone needs to believe in something. Everyone needs joy. Um, So listen to the podcast. uh, And, you know, really, it's it's not about us, but it's about people learning about themselves. Yeah. So listen to the podcast and share it with people in your lives that really can use some inspiration right now. I think we all can use a little bit of inspiration right now. I mean, I need a lot of inspiration, not a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> I need I, a lot. I need a lot. And I, I, not in the form of carbs either. I need to stop eating carbs. Okay. So tell us about that. <laughs> what is... <laughs> What, what is this inspiration you are currently seeking? You know, I feel like contrary to popular belief or, or if people know me, uh, see me around, they might think that I'm a super social person, but I actually do like my alone time and I can be a little bit of a loner. But uh, the lack of connection is, and I'm sure this resonates with a lot of people, is starting to wear on me, you know? And I am super thankful to have Mr. Walker uh, with me. But, you know, even spending time with just one person can be a lot sometimes, you know? And you know, he's perfect. He's he he would say that he is perfect. I wouldn't say that he is perfect. I would say that Mr. Walker. I will not allow you to say anything less. Mr. Walker, this is this is how our relationship works. (laughs) So we say that um, he is always right, and I am always in control. Okay. And we allow each other to believe that. Because he has a need to be right, and I do not. Right. But I have a need to be in control, and he does not. Right. So we allow ourselves that um, false belief. I don't know. But, you know, it works for us. Okay. I think it's important to know what works for you. Yeah. So sometimes just out of nowhere, I'll say to him, you know what, Mr. Walker, you're right. You're so right. You're always right. And his, he just gets a smile on his face. And, you know, he stands up a little taller. You know, sometimes you just got to throw out a compliment there. Yeah. So where do you typically find inspiration? You know, uh, I would say that I have a lot of inspiration stuck in my head. And um, that might sound strange, but I fill my life up with a lot of busyness. Mm -hmm. I call it, you know, the spirit of busyness. We talk about, I talk about this in my book. Um, And uh, what I find is that when I can make room for space Mm -hmm. and alone time and um, time to pray, time to read, that is actually when 
I become inspired um, to write and to create. And I would say the other thing that inspires me are other people. You know, Mm -hmm. I really enjoy seeing other people trying new things, starting new things, um, taking a moment to encourage someone. Mm -hmm. um, It it brings me joy and that brings me inspiration. You know, I, I remember years ago when I was an opera singer, I had a friend of mine. Um, the fun I, listen, fact I know I, I used to be singer. an opera singer, um, a good friend of mine who used to say, I never get jealous of anyone else's success because if they succeed, that means I can succeed. And I think that that's a great way to live our lives. And I think so often, especially in this day and age where everyone is trying to do their own thing and it can feel, I don't know why it's difficult to support people. It just is like, yeah, you know, that somebody you, just said, well, cause you just dropped a major gem when you said, <laughs> you know, seeing someone else succeed means that you can succeed. So you mm-hmm. don't have to feel you don't have to feel like, why not me? Or why mm-hmm. am I not doing that? It, it should serve as inspiration. Right. And instead of saying, why not me? Say, why not me? Yeah. You know, it's it's just the way you say it. Mm-hmm. So sure, maybe it's not you right now, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be you someday. Right. And you're going to need someone to, you know, encourage you and lift you up and tell you, you know, go for it. This is great and support you and share your stuff. So while you're waiting for your moment or your thing to take off, why not take the opportunity to add fuel to someone else's venture? That's good. Why not do it? Because ultimately, if we're all going down this road, don't we want to end up in this beautiful place together? If you don't help anyone else and you just go by yourself, you're going to be alone at the end. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So we're talking about what brings us inspiration. What inspires you? Um, I think definitely what you just said, seeing other people succeeding and seeing some of the things that they're doing, that definitely inspires me. Random things. I think um, seeing a need inspires me, right? So that if I'm somewhere or I'm utilizing some sort of resource and I'm not getting everything that I need out of it or I know someone else isn't getting everything they need out of it, then... I'm trying to sort of like fill in that gap. I'm like, how can I fill it? And it kind of, I think as I'm talking about it, I'm like, it, it kind of speaks to like my training as a researcher. Because before you come up with your research project, you need to look and see what's already out there. Mm-hmm. And then how does your research address the gaps in what we call the literature and what's already been mm-hmm. published on this particular thing? Um, that's what you want to bring to the table. So right. that's kind of like, that inspires me. Um, I think, I don't know, I get random thoughts and ideas. I think I was talking to Camila about this, Focus Fender, um, and it's going to come out in a... Um, gonna come out in a podcast eventually that randomly I'll get an idea and usually it's not fleshed out but I'll get a picture of what it should look like like what the room should look like what should be happening in the room and then I build on my ideas from there mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah do you ever find that your uh inspiration kind of takes over and it 
overwhelms you and pre- prevents you from taking action? Oh yeah, it's almost like there's this feeling, the physical feeling I can describe is almost like um, it's almost like you're having trouble breathing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like there's this thing in your chest. And that happens a lot when I'm producing an event or an idea, or I'm just like fleshing things out. Um, And it can be very um, paralyzing. Yeah. Because what's also happening with that is my fears are threatening to overcome the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point because I think often the most inspired things are rough around the edges, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, they begin before they're totally packaged, right? Because there's something about that, um, the growth and that, that process of starting something and figuring something out. And so often those of us that are control freaks, um, want to figure it all out before we get started but part of what actually creates the best product or the or the best event is getting started and allowing it to transform and mold into whatever it is supposed to be but that is hard yeah that's when you have to acknowledge the fear and put the fear in its place or give the fear a new uh job description yeah. Yeah. So if the fear is preventing you from doing something, you know, figure out what you want the fear to do instead. Maybe the fear should push you to do something. Yeah, I think Alika's asking, oh, I am recording it. <laughs> it does feel like a podcast episode. It'll be a bonus. Um, but, you know, it's when I teach stress, I talk about good stress and bad stress. And there's you stress and this stress, right? So you stress is spelled E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, right? Okay, you got, you got to work slow for me, my friend. <laughs> E-U. E-U. Uh-huh. S-T-R-E-S-S. Okay, okay. Right? And then there's distress. Okay. D-I-S-T-R-E-S-S, right? Right. And so, U-stress is the thing that allows athletes and performers to get on stage and get into whatever and do their best performance. It propels Mm -hmm. you forward. But there's a point where that if the stress peaks beyond a certain point, then it becomes distress. And that's mm. what's draining on our bodies. And that's what ushers in things mm. like anxiety and depression and, and literally not being able to move forward. Mm. So it's a matter of, it's not that, you know, our first episode is called Do It Scared. And so it's not a matter of, you know, oh, I'm going to get rid of this fear. I always say, and I've said this to you, fear is a constant companion for me. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of using it and harnessing it to mm-hmm. sort of push you forward. Yeah. Right. And so someone was literally asking me about this last night. And I told them, I said, I write a lot of my ideas down. Sometimes literally I'm falling asleep and an idea will pop into my head. And I, my phone is usually on my um, the, the nightstand. I'll pop up and I have to write it out or I'll speak mm. into it or whatever. Or I have a little notebook that I that I use um, that I write things out in and I handwrite it. Even though mm-hmm. like, I'm big on technology and I have all the gadgets mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know all the programs that I can use, so there's something about handwriting it that makes it more great yeah. for me. And that's how I sort of manage that. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I know. It is... That's why you're not sleeping. Yeah, that is sometimes. That is why. Some th- this happened 
with this whole being at home, my sleep like my sleep sleep is difficult for me, um, and so sleep hygiene is something that I speak about and that I really have to work hard at in order to get a good night's sleep. And that doesn't mean that I always do it, but a part of this whole being at home thing and working from home, I've had to sort of go with the rhythm of my body. And so that's, you're right, friend. There have been times, I think particularly right before the podcast launched, where I would try to go to sleep and then I would pop up like I just had a full night's sleep and I would just work for a couple hours. Um, and then once that was, once I got it out of me, then I could sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. One thing that I, you know, I struggle with sleep as well, and I have for many years. And one of the things that my therapist always reminds me of is that, you know, if I have to sleep in one morning or I choose to sleep in one morning, just, you know, your body needed that, right? Don't beat yourself up about it. Allow yourself, you know, the moments to do what you need to do for yourself, and then you'll be more productive at other times during the day. And you're right, this time of, in life is crazy. All of our schedules are off. Yeah. Um, and not just our schedules, but our inner schedule, right? Yeah. yeah. Our inner time zone is off. And it's, that is really difficult. And the, the kind of stress that that creates is uh is exhausting and i think we do need to acknowledge that acknowledge that that's something yeah talking about um hi 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 daniela um one of my former students is in here she's amazing she's a hard worker and she's she's just amazing vincent says close your eyes and don't open up Vincent, everybody can't just fall asleep anywhere like you can no no person are any of y'all that person that you could just lay down and you just be out. Like I can't nap during, like I can't do all those things. And some of us are just not like that. But can we talk about sort of like that exhaustion that is taking place in our minds and our bodies right now because mm-hmm. of what's taking place around us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I know that a lot of people uh, right now, it seems more than ever are talking about trauma in different ways. And sometimes it frustrates me because I think people talk about this stuff that, and they don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think it's really important when we talk about this to talk about it with a professional. (laughs) So it's good to have you. It's good to have you on your own call. Thank Um, you. Thank you. uh, But, you know, I do feel like trauma is different for everyone. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, it is, you know, it's individual. And so some of the things that you might have experienced as a lack of connection or being rejected or loneliness that might have come from some past trauma, that is coming up now for people. A lot of that is being triggered right now. Yeah. And you don't even realize it, right? You don't even understand it. And so like one of the things that I really need is a lot of uh, affirmation, not just from my partner, but from my friends and from my coworkers and from other people. And that comes from the trauma that I experienced as a baby when I was um, taken from my biological mother. And um, 
you know, that idea of the fear of rejection and always needing uh, some affirmation. And so just being isolated is really difficult. Also, the fact that I was have been sick a lot you know anyone who has been sick a lot or been isolated because of an illness and now finds himself isolated again that is re-traumatizing that brings up trauma yeah and that's exhausting your body is trying to figure that out and manage those pain points and manage that stress and figure out what's reasonable what's not reasonable what's rational what's irrational um and that's hard you know one of my one of my favorite (laughs) favorite things um is uh the way Keisha talks about what is rational and what is irrational and many times I will I will uh, go to her and I'll be talking about an idea and something and and she'll say okay Vanessa I'm just gonna stop for a second and just want to acknowledge that that is an irrational thought so we're going to take that irrational thought and we're just going to put it over here. Okay, we need y'all to do that with us because a lot of times we're thinking irrationally and it's usually when we're throwing ourselves a pity party or we're questioning ourselves, we're questioning our abilities. And you're absolutely right, Vincent. It's good to identify and articulate what you need and it's good to identify and articulate where you know you're going down this road and you just need to stop yourself, mm-hmm. right? And so that's something that I that I stopped Vanessa at um, with, you know, and I know I do it too. I've said to my friends, I'm like, I know I'm thinking irrationally, but let me just like articulate this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you just take those irrational thoughts and you have to get rid of them because if you don't get rid of them, that's where you spiral down into feeling sorry for yourself, into more anxiety, into more depression. And so it's really important that we identify what's rational and what's, what's irrational. And Mm -hmm. one good way to do that is that if you find yourself using words like never and always, you're probably on track towards an irrational Mm -hmm. thought. Mm -hmm. Nothing in life is never or always. There's always, (laughs) right, an exception to it. Yeah. There might have been, you know, maybe bad things always happen to you, but there might have been one time that something good happened to you. Mm -hmm. And so that means that that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, so you really definitely have to get rid of those. And it's hard. And sometimes we kind of enjoy being in those places where we're like, definitely. oh, my God. Well, they're comfortable because yes. they're, we're familiar with the surroundings, right? It's like, it's like the old, ugly sweater that you wear. When, you know, you wear it, even though it doesn't look good on you anymore, it's all pilled up. It might even smell a little bit. But you wear it because you're comfortable and you're afraid you'll never find yes. anything else that's that comfortable. Yes. But truthfully, there's so many more things that are more comfortable and they don't smell. But you hold on to that other thing because you're afraid that you won't find what is already out there. But also, just because something is comfortable, it doesn't mean that it's good for you. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Right? And so that's a lot of times people look at folks and they're like, well, why haven't they changed this behavior? Why haven't they changed this life situation? Because it works for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this function is comfortable. It's what they know. It's familiar. And when everything around us is unfamiliar, we cling to the familiar. Like, think about it. Like, I've been thinking a lot about comfort food. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I literally 
I've been, I've been, I've been eating a lot of comfort food. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm in North Carolina right now. Okay, there are biscuits everywhere. Okay, and barbecue. Oh, <laughs> biscuits, barbecue. I mean, hush puppies, cornbread. <sighs> Shall stop. I go on? Hey, stop! 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 <laughs> I literally said to a friend of mine one night, I said, what am I going to make? I said, hmm, I feel like making some comfort food. And I made some mac and cheese and some shrimp. And, and, and I realized I've been craving a lot of like Caribbean food since I'm like, I, I've been craving the food that I grew up mm. with as a child. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of it because I can't without consequence. So mm. it's something I treat myself with from time to time. And thankfully, in my neighborhood, I do not have access to the food. <laughs> so unless I make it, which at this point, I'm sick of cooking and washing dishes, um, I have to leave. And I rarely leave my house. I might mm. leave out like every two weeks. Uh, so lately, it's been like every two weeks. Like, actually, I've, I went over to see Isis to get some, um, get some cloth face mask. She also had some sea moss. I got some sea moss from her for my smoothies and some body butter I got from her. And whenever I go that way, I'll stop and get something, mm. right? But again, it's comfort food. And it's the yeah. thing that we go to. I know on the podcast, we talk about you and Ben and Jerry's and how Ben and Jerry's just kind of like saw you through a rough period. Um, but it's not good for us to constantly be pumping that into our body. No. And no. so just because something is comfortable, it doesn't mean that it's good. And we, yeah. we need to be honest with ourselves about what are those things that we're engaging in that are familiar and comfortable um, and are not good for us. Yes, I do stop and get everything. Well, and I, you know, I would even say that, that maybe not even placing the judgment on it to say they're not good for us, but they don't serve us um, in that moment, yes. right? So I feel like, so one of the things, it was interesting the other day, um, a young woman who's uh, works with me and she's going off to law school asked us all on our call to tell, tell her what we would what we would tell our 25 year old self. Oh, that's good. Would y'all put that, would y'all share that with us? What would you tell your younger self or your 25 year old self? Would you put that in the comments? Go ahead, Vanessa. Yeah, Vincent, I know you're 25, so please tell us what you would do when you were 15, okay? <laughs> um, so, you know, I was thinking about it and I said, you know, one of the things that I would say is learn, to choose your words wisely for yourself and for others. And one of the things I've, I've been really working on in the last year is really being thoughtful about when I say, um, this is good or this is bad. Mm -hmm. Like this is good for me or this is bad for me. Instead of putting that judgment on it, this isn't serving me right now or this is serving me, I right? Like because that. you know what? Sometimes Ben and Jer Jerry serves you, it right, does. for a period of time, but then other times it doesn't, right? right. So, like, like that. so yeah. like, what is it? What is it serving me? And it brings the control back to you. And also, looking at all of the words I used, have to, should, 
um, just, all of those words. And, and I don't want to have to do anything. I don't want to need anything, you know. So I'm changing to um, could. I could do something. Uh, not I have to do something. I get to do something, right? Um, not I need, I want. And learning to stop myself mm-hmm. from saying those things and really allowing myself to actually say, you know, this is what I want. Or, um, yeah, you know, I probably could have not had another bite of Ben and Jerry's, but I did. So right. next time, next time I can choose to have less. Yeah. Right. So that, that, that then it feels less like beating yourself up, mm-hmm. right? Giving yourself just a little bit more grace to get through the day. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea of being more gentle with ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. And my friend said a little while ago that I get everything when I go to that, that store on Flatbush. But that's because I get food for a couple of days when I go in there and I also pick things up for her. Um, but listen, the not the gems that are being dropped in the comments when I saw are you seeing that? No, I wasn't what? seeing everything. Okay. Don't take so, things personal when folks do something, it's for themselves. Oh, that's good. Man, like that I could have tattooed all over my listen, body. Don't take things personal. Monique said something that I think a lot of people would say amen to. She said, Leave him alone. Oops. <laughs> listen, Monique, I wish you had been there when I was twenty one years old, my friend. Oh girl. <laughs> Uh, to be present. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think this time is teaching us that. Um, Camille says focus on God. Yeah, I think definitely at that age, you're running around trying to figure out what success is and how to be successful. And honestly, if you do focus on God and understand that he has a purpose for your life, like, it'll make the journey a little bit um, easier. And, you know, I like the, you know, when we talk about being present, um, sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what does being present mean for me? Mm. Because being present for you might look different than being present for me. Yeah. And again, it's something that can change from day to day. So one day being present might look one way and another day it might look totally different. Right. And so taking a moment to really ask yourself those questions and evaluate what is it that you want for yourself? Why, what is presence? I have to be present. No, you get to be present if you want to, Definitely, you know, and what does that look like today for Mm -hmm. you? And, And maybe it's small, maybe it's a small little thing that you, you do. Maybe it's something that's big, but allowing yourself an opportunity to explore those things as opposed to just taking the definition that you get on Instagram from, you know, some spiritual entrepreneur that says, you know, be present, be this, be that. What does that mean? What What does does that that mean? mean? How does that translate into my life? Yeah. What does that actually look like? Mm-hmm. today, not five years from now, not once I fill out my gratitude journal for two months, not once I say my affirmations and do all this and do all, no, what does it look like right now? Because all we have is right now. Yeah. We are, we are often so focused on the purpose of the future that mm-hmm. we forget about the purpose of today. And that's what um, Roxana is saying here. She says, release the worry and embrace the journey. Yeah. Oh, and so I love much to learn on the journey. I love this too. Always remain curious. 
curiosity is the key to life, my friend. I totally agree. That is just... Yeah. Yes. Curious about yourself, curious about others. I mean, I think part of the reason there are so many issues in the United States of America is because there are so few people who are actually curious. Yes. People think they know everything and they don't Mm -hmm. need to find out. Right. Um, Roxanne and I talk about that on the first episode. Crystal says, stop being scared. All the good stuff is on the other side. And I would say, I would say, I would even change that around. And I would ask Crystal to say, instead of saying, stop being scared, what can you start doing instead? Okay. Mm -hmm. So being scared is over here. What am I going to start doing to counteract being scared? Okay. What I'm going to start, um, stepping out in faith. I'm going to start saying I'm worth it. Even if it's uncomfortable. Right. Scared, like Roxana says in that first episode, and like I always say, do it scared. Because scared is an emotion. And people, we cannot trust our emotions. Right? Our emotions would lead us um, to not so great places and decisions. And it's important that we acknowledge them and we try to figure out where they're coming from and what's the cause of it. But it's also important that we don't make decisions based on it. Definitely. Right? That's really good. Yeah. And I think that I think making decisions based on not just the emotions like fear or guilt, but also making um, uh, decisions based on the emotions of elation and, you know, excitement or because, you know, the, be careful with those because those are the ones that didn't let people leave him alone. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> because because, you know, it's when we are in those places, it can feel good or it can feel bad. And that can determine how we make a choice, but waiting until we can acknowledge that emotion and see how it fits into the reality of the situation allows us the space and the grace that we need to make a decision that will actually serve us. Yes, definitely. So one thing that you talked about, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month, so thank you everyone who's joining today. One thing that you talked about, we talked about in the podcast, and you sort of talk about it in your book a little bit, um, is this whole sort of seeking help Mm, and what that means. um, What that means, period. I mean, I think we kind of talked about it in terms of what that means for Christians, but I think for any, any cultural group, seeking help isn't necessarily the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the chapters in the book is, is called, I'm not okay. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I talk about how there are so many little social media um, grabs here and there that say like, it's okay to, it's okay to not be, you know, to, to not be okay. But the question is, is it really Is it really okay? Um, Are we really okay with the people in our lives being a little bit miserable and irritable and not themselves and not full of joy and depressed and anxious? Um, Are we comfortable with other people's pain? Are we comfortable with our own pain? Because if we're not comfortable with our own pain, we are certainly not going to be comfortable with someone else's pain. And so 
that it's okay to be okay to be to not be okay like i'm not really sure that that's true right um and and i think that we often try to dress it up we try to dress up even when we're struggling as opposed to saying like listen i really need some help like yes i have a strong faith yes i feel like i'm a person who is joyful and I'm really struggling right now. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with the fact that, you know, I'm not connecting with people. I'm struggling with loneliness. I'm struggling with the what ifs about health or finances or relationships. And it's, it's feels debilitating right now. And, um, and I need help. Um, there's such freedom in that, mm-hmm. you know, and I love in the podcast when, you know, we came to this, po- this point where you said, you know, one of the, the things about therapy is it forces us to come face to face with things. And I said, yes, and it actually frees us up to come face to face with things because there is freedom on the other side of that um, interaction. Yeah. Definitely. And we're not going to give away more about the podcast. So go listen to the, to it. Also, the other bonus on YouTube, if you go to my YouTube channel, so if you go to YouTube and you, you put in, I think it's Keisha V. Thompson, um, you will see a video from last year that we did about mental health. Um, I enjoy going back and watching that. That conversation is so rich. So please yeah. check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow Vanessa if you're not already at Vanessa Joy Walker. There's, listen to the podcast. There's a lot of gems in there, but watch this video as well. Um, I'm joined by Vanessa and two of my um, other girlfriends, and we kind of talk about our exposure to mental health and what we think about it and how we deal with it. So let's see. Vanessa has a, uh, not Vanessa, Vincent has a question here. Yeah, if you have this question, question, please ask um, to both myself and Vanessa. We would love to answer. So he says, what advice do you have for someone who is the bubbly person and people aren't used to you being the one who is Mm. not okay? Mm. Yeah. You know, I guess the first question I would say, and this is a question I've had to ask myself, am I okay with it? Am I judging the fact that I'm not okay right now? And often, often the answer is yes, right? There's some sort of guilt I feel about not, you know, about feeling a little depressed or feeling anxious or, you know, when all this stuff happened with COVID and and everything, I had to up my anxiety uh, meds and I felt a little guilty. I felt like, oh, you know, there must be something wrong with me because I need to up my anxiety meds. Like I I can't just pray this away. And um, so I think for me, the first step is to acknowledge with myself that it's okay. And then, you know, we kind of have to understand and set our own expectations that sometimes people are not going to be comfortable with our struggle. It's going to make them uncomfortable. And that's okay. Um, I years ago had someone say to me, you know, you're different. You know, you're different now, Vanessa. And this is when I was going through, um, uh, you know, I had 
we used a surrogate and we had lost our baby and I had gone through just some really tough stuff. And, and, you know, I was like, I am different. This yeah. crisis has changed me and I am a little miserable right now. And if, and I appreciate that that's difficult for you. And if, and if you can't handle that right now, I get it. Then, um, then maybe we should just not hang out right now. Yeah. And that, that feels, I know that feels so hard, right? Because you don't want to no. be that person, but well, it doesn't feel hard <laughs> for you, but that feels really hard for some people, right? That's very hard for me because I want people to like me. And, um, and so sometimes, you know, I have learned over the years that it is better to have fewer friends than friends that expect you to be a certain way all the time. Yeah. I am a very complex person. I am not always full of joy. I say the reason why I talk about joy is because I need joy. <laughs> you're not because seeking it. Yes, I'm always seeking it. And you know what? Often the person who might be judging you or uncomfortable with the fact that you're a bubbly person and you're feeling a little down right now is because they're afraid of something that's going on in their own life. And they're looking at you and saying, oh my gosh, if he's struggling, how am I going to make it? If she's struggling, how am I going to make it? And, and that's think, an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I think a couple of things. I think you have to free yourself of that responsibility of bringing joy to others. Mm. It's good if you're able to bring joy to others. And I know for a lot of us, that's what we do. And that's a part of who we are. But it's a part. It's not who you are. Because we're human. And as humans, we cycle through different emotions and different phases in life. And honestly, if you have experienced devastating loss or some sort of trauma or some sort of shift in your life and you remain the same, something's not right. So if someone can't recognize that as a gift that you're able to make those shifts, you want to be mindful about the amount of access you give that person to your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's yeah. what you were saying to this person. Yeah. Uh, but I think we have to free ourselves from that responsibility. It's kind of like the person who says, I have to be strong for them. I have yeah. to be the one that does this. Um, and you, you have to release yourself from that. You can be yeah. joyful. You can bring joy to others. But it is not your responsibility. It is yeah. not. Yeah, it's really not. And, and ultimately, you're doing. we're doing a disservice to each other when we don't empower each other to access our own peace and joy. Yes, we can be generous with our joy. Yes, we can provide comfort to others when they are having a difficult time comforting themselves. But ultimately, stepping into pain with someone is so much greater than stepping into joy with someone. Because we all need someone to be able to step into the pain with us so that we can step out of the pain and into the joy together. I think so often people want to help you or people... Um, they want to come up with a solution. It's like, they no, want to come up... Yeah. I just need you to sit. Just sit here. Let's just sit here yeah. in this. Right? And you're right. The, the discomfort of sitting in this with you is about them. Mm -hmm. Right? And so yeah. one of the things that we will oftentimes say to people, particularly when we're doing like sort of like group therapy and, and, and setting that up, because you never know what folks are going to say to each other, is that 
people's reactions to you is more about themselves than it is about you. Yeah, it's true. If someone responds to you in a particular way, yes. Think about, did I do something to create this? Because maybe sometimes we are contributing to it, but also understand that there's a portion of that person. That person has a filter or a, or a, a viewpoint on life that allows them to sort of interpret things that's happening to and around them. And that's where the bulk of that reaction is coming from. Yeah. And, you know, we get to choose how we show up in circumstances, right? We all have, you know, we can all show up with a a level of like a communication style or a level of energy, right? So you can show up being the victim or you can show up being the victor, no matter what the circumstance is, right? You can show up being a peacemaker or you can show up being a, someone who is judgmental, no matter the circumstance. So that is something that we always have control over. So whatever the person is, however they're acting, the person that you're with, whatever that situation is, you still have the opportunity to show up in a, um, a non-destructive manner, right? There are times that it is valuable to be angry and afraid, right? Like that serves us. But there are also times when we can show up and rise above that and choose to say, you know what, I am, I'm not going to, I'm going to bring a level of peace, uh, kindness to this, to this, um, situation Inter- interaction right mm-hmm. i'm going to bring um a different energy to this because i'm going to not match the energy that they're giving me mm-hmm. right because you have the ability to change the energy right you have the ability you know someone was saying the other day if you look at the average of something what needs to change to change an average only one thing right right only one thing. Right. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship that is difficult or a friendship that's difficult, only one thing needs to change. Yeah. And I think we're always looking for other people to change. Um, and that won't always happen. And, and, and you can't make that happen. The only person you're responsible for is yourself, right? Um, there's an upcoming podcast with uh, my friend Shalivia, and she kind of talks about how she reached where she could within an organization, and it was no more, it wasn't serving her anymore. So she had to make a decision. Right about whether she was going to stay or go. Um, thank you guys for joining us. If you have any questions for myself or Vanessa, please pop it down. Also, I want to grab a couple of you to do a lightning round. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know we do the lightning round. And so if you're interested, would you just raise your hand so I know that it's okay for me to grab you to do the lightning round? So your book is coming out. It is um, August 4th. It's we very exciting. We have a date. Folks can pre-order now on Amazon. Pre-order on Amazon, yes, and Barnes & Noble, um, 
um, a handful of other places, but those are the big places you can pre-order now. And uh, please pre-order because we we keep track of the orders and um, the more people that order uh, prior to the published date and the first week of publishing, the better. So please, please. Guys, what I really love about your book, and I say this on the podcast, is that you are sharing your story. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with Vanessa, she is a two-time survivor of cancer. She was adopted at birth. She talks about all the implications on her health for the cancer diagnosis, having to go through a divorce, and then finding love again, and, and all the things that sort of comes with that. But it's not just her telling her story. It also forces you, or it gives you the opportunity, I think, to examine yourself and your life and, and see some of the things that's sort of happening um, within that space. Um, Vincent is asking for the sound effect of the lightning round. I would have to like turn around and find it on the computer, Vincent. Not really set up like that right now to find the sound effect. Can I grab you, Vincent? Are you okay for me to grab you to do a lightning round with? Ooh. That would be fun. But yeah, the, I'm so excited. You sent me some more stuff. We're going to be um, promoting the book soon. So it's, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, you, you talk about how powerful it is to sit with someone in their pain. Um, and you, one thing I am grateful for is being able to sit with you in that uncertainty. Hmm. Let me know when you get back, Vince. But it's also great to see you on this side, to, to be a part mm. of this. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, sitting in your living room and us looking at your blog posts and just thinking about how is this book going to come together and can you do it? Um, and I don't allow you to say that you can't do it. <laughs> so. I just, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed and grateful. And so for any of you here that you have an idea about something, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say just start. And I know people say that all the time, but maybe this is the the hundredth time that you've heard this, that you need to hear it again. But ultimately that's what I had to do and start wherever, you know, I really felt like God was saying to me, I need you to tell your own story. I need you to start writing. And And I didn't, yeah. And I didn't know where to write and I didn't have any Instagram followers. And I was like, okay, well I'll write here because no one, no one knows, no one, I had like 10 followers. So I began to write, but it was the process of being, being obedient to that inner voice. Right. It was, it was, that was what I needed to do. I, began to be obedient to that inner voice. And as I did that, I changed. As I did that, the way I communicated with myself changed. The way I communicated with others changed. And I could never have imagined that when I started that, that like less than two years later, there would be a book. Um, But there is. Um, but there only is a book because I started. Right. And I remember I was so frustrated because, you know, people had said, oh, you should be speaking more. You should be doing all of this stuff. And so I thought, okay, I'll put myself out there. And I got no, no, like no opportunities. Yeah. And I remember going and talking to someone. It's like, I just don't understand. And this person said to me, you know what? 
um, maybe right now it's not about you going and talking to others, but maybe oh, right yes, now well, then it's remaining. Oh, okay. Maybe right now is about you talking to yourself and getting this out. And that's what I needed to do because if it wasn't for that time of being alone and writing, I wouldn't have the book. Okay. So get the book, follow Vanessa. I'm going to grab Vince before we're out of time. Bye guys. At Vanessa Joy Walker. Follow her. Please pre-order the book. I'm going to add Vince. He always gives me a hard time that men aren't allowed at my functions or on my podcast. Hey, friend. Okay. Let's do this lightning round before we run out of time. Are you I'm ready? ready? I'm ready. Okay. I really am disappointed that I don't get the sound effect, but... You know, I'm going to create Make This Into a Podcast, and you're going to get it, okay? okay. All right. So, um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Superpower. Come on, one minute. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I would be able to meet anybody that I wanted instantaneously. Okay. What's your favorite color? Green. Dessert? Uh, pecan pie. Celebrity crush. Gabrielle Union. Um, guilty pleasure. Um, my couch. Huh? Couch. Your couch. Yeah. Um, and if what's something that you enjoy doing that you haven't done for a while? Yoga. Okay. All right. Thank you, Vince. Yay! Yay! So that's it for the bonus episode of the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman podcast. Special shout out to our guest, Vincent, for doing the lightning round with us. He's amazing and it was great having him on. Even with that question that he asked, I think it was really great and it added to our conversation. So as always, make sure you rate the podcast, subscribe, share it with a friend. Also, check out my YouTube channel. If you put in my name, Keisha V. Thompson, on YouTube, that channel will come up and you'll see that conversation about mental health that I referenced in the in my conversation with Vanessa. Make sure you go get Vanessa's book. It's out now and it's great. Reading this book is going to make some changes for you in your life. So I highly recommend it. Make sure you follow me on social media at Dr. Kate Thompson. That's D-O-C-T-O-R. Thompson and check out my blog on my website at www.drkeisha.nyc that's d-r-k-e-i-s-h-a dot n-y-c I recently wrote a blog post about showing up for yourself and I think that's what Vanessa's done in completing this book it's really important that we show up for ourselves I hope that you were inspired by this I know I was just listening to it again and as always be intentional